Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to 3 In, 3 Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast. On 3 In, 3 Out, we like to dive deep into the micro moments of the game, the nooks and crannies, if you will, because that's what fanatics do. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter at Clinton Bonn. And I'm joined by the great Brandon Schultz and find him at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. All right, Flock, let's dive into the sober yin and raging yang that is 3 In, 3 Out. Go Hawks. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of 3 In, 3 Out. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. I am fired up. This is this is the most unique Seahawks podcast out there. You're going to hear why in a second. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Brandon, we got something in this game, in this division clinching game versus our rivals, the Rams. We took back the West. We got something from Russ that we don't see. We don't see every single game, but when we do see it, you know it's a good day. You know it's a good night. You know it's a victory Monday. Brandon, are you picking up what I'm putting down? What did we get from Russ that was that was giving you all the feels? Well, Clinton, what listeners can't see is when we, you and I, when we get together here in the chat, we have our little names posted in our in our video chat between the two of us. And I see you have yourself aptly named Russ's Death Punch. This has to have something to do with it. Yes, it does indeed. You know, after the Hollister touchdown, we'll get into the whole thing already, of course, Brandon. But we're going to go into the nooks and the crannies as we do on three and three out. But when you see the Russ Death Punch, when he when he looks at his sidelines and he gives the he just gives that it, it almost looks like he's. It's not even in slow motion. It's not even Fox doing in slow motion, but Russ looks like he's doing it in slow motion. He just comes through with all that force and might and just punches through the air. When you get the Russ death punch late in the fourth quarter, you know it's a good day. You know Russ is fired up and he's putting something away. And that's exactly what we got today. Brandon, after an NFC West championship, it's coming back to the PNW. How are you feeling on this Monday? I am feeling, Clinton, like I got my Christmas wish. And and after watching the new Wonder Woman movie, I feel like maybe it was a little bit, uh, you know, like I, like I could have done more for my Christmas wish for the entire world. But uh, no, I'm, I'm just going to be happy with what I, I wish for a Seahawks win, a division title. And here it is. I, I got my wish. Very nice. I have not seen WW84 yet. My uh, my no spoilers, no seeing review is that I heard it's like Rocky Four, but instead of fighting the Russian, they just cut to the speech. That's what I heard. That's <laughs> that's what I heard. We all can change, apparently. And then I guess that there's no reason to fight the Russian, but it's all good. It's 2020 and not 1984. So and, and with it, Brandon, it is 2020. We are the division champs. This is three and three out. We got over 56 submissions by Twitter, by snail mail, by Discord, by Facebook Ring of Honor. We'll get to the from the flock section later, but I am fired up because that is by far the biggest uh, contribution we've had from the flock just yet. By the way, if you put in a contribution and you don't, it doesn't get read live, 
Very, very sorry. When you get, it's like too much pitching in baseball, Brandon, too much, which is a good thing. I had to sort through and cull, but it was super cool to see such great participation from literally all across the globe. That has got to raise the hawkra. Oh, got to love it, especially on a day where people are tuning in because of the win, getting the NFC West title, Clinton. That reminds me of something. There's something, it's a tip of my tongue, Brandon. This podcast, it doesn't have a lot of rules, but we do have a golden rule. It's not a golden lasso. It's not tell the truth Tuesdays. However, we do have one rule, but I never quite remember what it is. Brandon, what is our one rule on three in, three out? Yes, fortunately, my Christmas gift this year only came with one rule, not three complicated ones like where Billy screws up every single one of them, gets Mrs. Deagle killed and Santa Claus attacked on Christmas Eve. No, when we win, Clinton, we start with an N. That's the we one start, rule. That is the one rule. I jumped the gun there because I'm so fired up. We do start with an N. When we win, we start with an N. So let's get right wait, to wait, it. Let's we, get, we don't right, have to get what, right what? to it. I, I have no. a question for you. Okay, the bigger okay. villain in the Gremlins movie, because we're around Christmas, we, we need to have a little Christmas debate. <laughs> the bigger villain in the Gremlins movie, Mrs. Deagle or Stripe? Well, you know, I, I kind of like Stripe, especially in Gremlins 2. Like, is, is that the same Stripe? Is he yeah. back in the second yeah. one? Yeah, right. Same dude, right? And then they bring in the one that that, that kind of looks like, they bring in the female one who she's all, you know, uh, she's got the makeup on and everything. I think I remember Gremlins 2 more than I do Gremlins 1 for <laughs> some reason. So I'm just going to say that It's, it's the cute is, Gremlin, right? <laughs> Yeah, the, I'm just going to say Phoebe Cates had my heart and still does. Is that a good enough answer? Hey, Clinton, uh, do you ever think about the gremlin dressing up in the makeup and and uh no no no, no i don't why would i think about her because she was she was hot for a little monster I, you are correct though the, the the bigger villain is mrs deagle because you feel no emotion when she goes flying out the window other than joy and yes with with stripe you kind of root for him a little bit just a little bit yeah he it's kind of like rooting for vader right he's kind of cool okay we can continue Oh, that, listen, it's the, the Christmas season is, is upon us. By the way, we hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. Those who celebrated Hanukkah previously, very, very happy Hanukkah. And for everybody celebrating across the globe, just happy holidays in general. We got our Christmas gift. We're starting with an in. Why don't we unwrap that big, beautiful bow and get to that first in right now? Yeah. All right, Brandon, we are here on three in, three out. We're diving into that first in. Brandon, there was there were some standouts. And when you win a game without giving up a touchdown, you, uh, to me, you got to go to the side of the ball where, you know, that was primarily responsible for that. We're not talking about Dixon, who did a fantastic job out there with his coffin corners. But I am talking about a certain rookie who continues to flash on defense. This dude is sideline to sideline fast. He has incredible vision out there. And I'll throw some numerics out there because you know we love the numerics on three and three out. I think he had either 26 or 28 snaps and eight tackles on like 26 or so snaps. Brandon, do you know who I'm talking about for this first in? Well, when you're talking about sideline to sideline, I immediately went to Jordan Brooks and his seven tackles on the day. Holy smokes. Seven. Okay, seven. I, I saw a tweet from Joe Fan. He put the eight out there. So, you know, if, if it's seven, then then bad, bad on you, Joe. Well, I, you, you know what? Joe might be going off of a different sheet of music than I Correct. am. I'm looking at the PFF and because not only was it seven tackles, it was seven stops. And we've talked about stops being the really, really good tackles. 
uh, the, the Zoolander of tackles. And yes, They're really, all, really, yeah. Every single one of Jordan Brooks' tackles was a stop. Well, that's the thing. They they were all. I have like six, you know, denotations here. That was like, oh, six to three, quarter number two. Just after the roughing the kicker, right? Boom, Jordan Brooks like just levels a dude. Woods on a jet sweep, just showing incredible quickness. Again, sideline to sideline. And Woods is no joke. Woods is a pretty fast dude. Shuts down a jet sweep. Another one where he just blows up Henderson running left where he sheds his guy, squares up and makes a great tackle. But then, you know, the, we're talking the fourth one now in a row, 13 to six, first and two from the goal line. And Brooks just destroys his guy, just takes out his guy, another tackle for a loss. And he sets up that series of, of unfortunate events for the Rams, which led to the goal line stand. And then he's in on the freaking goal line stand on the last play on fourth down. It just, the dude jumped off the page so vibrantly that I was like, oh man, I know Brooks is going to get a lot of love this week and I don't care. And you know, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it, right? <laughs> it was one of those for me. The in is Brooks's, take it away. Yeah, and I think there's a way to get into the because he really didn't have any turnover type plays or I think the one that you could point to is that fourth down stop. But yeah, the, the fact that you can go into all of those other tackles in, in so many other moments. And I I like kind of giving that that cranny moment to the first down stop that he made, because that is like you said, that's what set up that whole series, because they're on the two yard line. It backs him up just enough on the run to the outside. Jamal comes in from behind to take Henderson down. He would have walked into the end zone if Adams had not gotten there. And then, yeah, the, to be there on the fourth down play, too. Man, oh, man, a uh, big game from Jordan Brooks. And like you pointed out in in relatively limited snaps on the field in comparison to you know guys like Jaron Reed and Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner in the corners. Yeah, that that's a sign of a pretty darn complete team. And I do want to give some love too to uh, I think it's, I think he goes by Petrobe 89 discord. He called that he called this out specifically, too, and said, you know, all that shade earlier in the season about this guy being our, our first round pick and all the love for Patrick Queen. It's like, well, where's all that love gone? Because Brooks is, you know, the, the game, it's, it's now December, about to be January. This is when the games really, really count. And Brooks is shining out. And also Aaron Ashby goes by Ashby Aaron. Why not on Twitter? He had similar thoughts, too, on Brooks. So I want to give them some love as we're as we're moving right along. So, Brandon, that was a that was a big first in for me. I just it is so nice to see that after some swings and some misses in the first round, boy, oh boy, Brooks is just playing some good ball and he's getting better and he's shining more brightly as the season you know tears on. And we got one more regular season game left and then we are headed back to the playoffs, back to the playoffs. And it is because of the defense. I love that we start with the defense to kick this off. But uh, yeah, I think you mentioned one of those other guys in there too, Michael Dixon. If if we don't have him for an end, just smash him in here with this one too. Yeah, you literally could put a lot of people into the blender this week on the defense and the special teams. And we're going to get to more of it, but why don't we get to an out? Because, you know, we got, it wasn't a perfect game. The 20 to nine victory is beautiful, but it wasn't blemish free. So let's talk about some of those blemishes. If we have to. It's the show. Okay, Brandon, so we are on the outside of the ledger. This is the sober yin. This is, we talk about balance on three in, three out all the time. You know, even in a 20 to nine division clinching W versus the Rams, there were still some things where you're like, oh man, oh man, what's, 
what's going on here? There was an early one for me, Brandon. I'll give you the I'll give you the the the, the breakdown. I'll paint the canvas again. This is the Rams' second drive. Okay, you go back and watch that second drive. We'll get to the end and then kind of and then kind of retrofit it backwards. That drive ended because Jared Goff is bad at football. That drive ended with an inaccurate pass. I think it was to Van Jefferson, who has had an underwhelming year. I thought that dude would be a stud coming out. Hasn't done much. Uh, maybe they make the tackle before the first down sticks anyway, but just a bad pass, and, and that's how it ends. However, preceding that, they had a 3rd and 8 conversion to Cup, a 3rd and 11 conversion, and then on that 3rd and 11, Brandon, this is early in the game. There's a book there's a book that is pre-written about Jared Goff, and it says, if you want to get Jared Goff off of his game, what do you do, Brandon? What do you do to get Jared Goff off? You have got to pressure Jared Goff. Okay. that's It's not like it's not out there, right? So the third and 11, second drive of the game, all of a sudden, we decide to rush three. It's like... It's 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 mind boggling because then I went back and watched. I'm like, well, who's the dude they drop into coverage? Okay, it's 94 Rasheem Green. Okay, where is Rasheem? Where where does he go do? Well, he basically backs off like five yards, seven yards, then decides to kind of commit coming forward. He's literally stuck in the middle of no man's land. He we're not spying Goff. This is not Murray. So you got a dude who's not rushing. He's not covering anybody. He's literally in no man's land and they convert again. It was, it's just like hair pulling out. What are we doing? I don't like rushing three. And if you're going to do it, then get Rasheem Green on a guy and cover somebody and don't get caught in no man's land. That was an out for me. It's a big screaming one too. Because it was third and six. And then they get the false start yes, to back yes. them up to third and 11. And then you have you're in prime position to, you know, send at least one blitzer, if not, you know, or even just rush your normal four guys. But you drop Rasheem Green back into coverage and you can kind of see as as Jared Goff has the opportunity to step up in the pocket. That's when Green starts kind of his his delayed rush at the quarterback. Yeah. I'm looking at the tape now. You have one, two, three, four, five, five Seahawks players standing on the the line to gain but you're essentially bracketing dudes just hoping that jared goff you know can't dial in an accurate pass with about five yards cushion and he's able to do that he he has that chemistry with cup and he throws kind of to the outside of cup's shoulder shacks there to to make the hit immediately but cup's able to hold on and they get the first down it's good coverage. Like they, they, they're covering zone. They're doing a nice job there. That's all well and good. And it's just the idea that, I mean, come on, where is Rasheem Green more valuable on that play? I'm not saying, like you said earlier, just bring four. We, we were getting, listen, we got a lot of pressure on Goff. There was a lot of pressure on Goff. This was just an instance where it's just, you know, you just don't get it. You don't, you don't want to see this. And it extends the drive. And then, you know, the next third down, it's Dunlap in coverage. And it's like, and they they convert that too, I believe. And then, okay, they get a field goal. We, we keep them out of the end zone. Defense played really, really well. So we're not harping too, too bad. So it's, it's I can't even give the, it's not to Green. I can't say, oh, Green's got to wear the out unless he decided to do that. I doubt he did. No, no, but that again, was a called play. That was correct. part of the game plan. And it is, it's difficult to knock the Seahawks on this overall on the day because, they pressured Jared Goff more than they had any other time 
under Pete Carroll. But yes, it, it yeah, it's difficult. But I want to jump in and say it's difficult, and yet you can because the only vulnerability in this game was when we stayed on the field too damn long. Yeah, that's when we saw Henderson rip off a 14 yard run or Brown rip off a nine yard run because dudes were getting gassed. We saw it later in the game. I think we're going to talk about it too. But like when we did some dumb things and we allowed them to convert, then we're just out on the field for, you know, a few more minutes. And that adds up over time. The time of possession in the first half was no bueno for Seattle. So Brandon, I played tennis back in the day. Believe it or not, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was pretty bad at tennis too. So I played tennis back in the day, but the tennis coach in my high school was, and she was a great player. She's like, you either play the baseline or you charge your ass to the net and you play the net. You get stuck in the middle. Any decent player is going to, you know, find a way to pick you apart. That stuck with me for a long, long time. I take that into business, into, into you know, parenting. You know, you commit to one or the other. Play baseline or go to the friggin' net. Rasheem Green stuck in the middle. It's bad play calling. It's poor execution. That is the big first O. But we are celebrating a win. So do you want to get back over to the fun stuff? Yes, let's do it. But first, let's get into Woolery Formation because we are going two and two after the break, Clinton. Oh, we'll bring it back. Woolery. Okay, Brandon, we are back on three in, three out, and we are on that fun side of the ledger. We're licking the chops there. Well, I, I want to just take a, I want to set this up in the sense that there are so many role players on this team that were brought in by John Schneider that after eight games, we looked like a bunch of bums. We look like a bunch of bums. And then seven games later, I know the I know it has not been a murderer's row of offenses. And you know what? I don't even care. The defense looks really good and really sharp. And it's full, full of these like character actors. Not everybody's going to be a star. Not everybody could be Jamal Adams or KJ Wright this year. But we got these role players that we love to talk about. So it's three to nothing Rams. It is about 2.10 to go in the first quarter. The Seahawks just punted for the second time already. Very sluggish start on offense. Frustrating start on offense. And on second down, Mayoa blows through Tyler Higby. And I, I, I don't know if it's Henderson or Brown. I think it's Henderson. And he, he ends up setting up a third and nine because he gets a tackle for a loss. A big loss for two. The next play is Adams nearly sacks Cup. It's almost a pick. They have to pump the ball back. But boy, oh boy, Mayoa just, he, you know, he's not in every play. He's not showing up in the stat book, but go rewatch that play. You cannot dismiss a tight end who's, who's hugging against the line. He's brought in tight, you know, to, to be that extra guy. Blows through Tyler Higby off the ball and then just makes a beautiful tackle for a loss. Love it so much. Again, it's that... It's that early feeling to me where I was like, oh, man, we're going to win this game. Eventually, the offense is going to kick into gear, even though we're down 3 nothing. I'm like, we're going to win this friggin' football game because we were bringing the hats and we were beating dudes off the line. And Mayoa owned that. And I loved it. In for Mayoa. Yeah, that was a huge in for Mayoa. And it wasn't Tyler Higby on that one. No, it was number 82, Johnny Munt. And oh. I, I, the reason why... I remember this vividly, Clinton. It's because number 82, Munt, for the Rams, he doesn't have any catches on the day. He's in there to block dudes. And he was giving K.J. Wright such a hard time in this game, particularly in the, the second half where they were 
running to the right side. They were getting big gains. Go back and watch those big gains. It was it was against KJ Wright, and it was because Munt was handling Wright and sealing off the edge so well that they could pick up big plays. And so that's why it makes it such a big in for Mayoa, because running toward this side, Mayoa sealing the edge, he's able to push Munt back, shed the block, and make the tackle for a loss. And it was it, you just didn't see them run toward that side anymore. They, they said, no, Moss, after getting the tackle for a loss, going up against Mayoa. Wow. So thank you for bringing that. That's excellent job by you right there. I, I, I assume that you know what that does, but I believe Munts played with Al Bundy at Pokai during uh, Bundy's uh, four touchdown, you know, four touchdown game, of course. So what you're telling me, Brandon, is that Munt is kind of like their George Fant of, of Seahawks 2019. They're bringing that dude in as the, the extra guy basically to block and just do that job. Yeah, he has one job. He was only in the game for six snaps against the Seahawks. One was that play going up against Mayoa, and at least two were plays where he was getting big blocks on KJ Wright. So yeah, out of those, he was successful against one guy, not successful against Mayoa, and really only in there for six snaps. So like I said, that was a big play by Benson. That's uh, a great job by you, right? That's a big play by you right there, Brandon, because <laughs> it does. It does. Listen, when we get down into these nooks and the crannies and these little channels and channels, and then you pull out the extra nugget, we're like, hey, dum-dum, you got it wrong again. And it's well, even and better than no, you thought and, it was. And the reason why I knew this was because I was like, who is number 82? I know 89 is Tyler Higby. And so I had to figure out who this guy was, and it's Johnny Munt. That's, yep. that's just a name that sticks with you. It, it, like Roy Munson, right? It just it just sticks with you. So Johnny Munt gets blown up. Mayoa takes the in, and we are we're, we're just discovering new things about each other. I'm happy about that. All right, Brandon, great job there, making that in even even better, even crannier, perhaps perhaps foreshadowing. I don't I don't know. We we don't make those decisions now. We got to wait to wait the whole wait till everything is on the canvas. And when everything goes on the canvas, well, then that means the outs as well. So we're going to wet that canvas liquid white style like Bob Ross. It is the second quarter, nine minutes to go. It's now six to three Rams right at this point. It has been some it's been still sluggish. We had that that first field goal drive was a nice drive. I think we had a nice conversion on that drive. I think that was by Olsen on on a nice third down. So this one sticks out to me, Brandon. It's it's third down, but I want to rewind it to the play previous on a second and five. This is the first deep shot that Russ takes of the day. Russ leads him down the right-hand side a little bit too much. It, it should have been towards the interior. A-okay. I'm okay with that, Brandon. I'm okay with taking our deep shots, trying to loosen things up, because the very next play, the very next play is a little third and five, tight end dump, find the zone, sit at the sticks, fire the ball, catch it, move the sticks. We're marching. But wait a second. We drop the ball. We try. It's just it's it's perfectly set up. You go and get five yards on first down. Cool. You take your deep shot on second down a DK. Awesome. Loosen them up. You use your tight end on third down. You you know you use you sit down in the middle of the field right at the sticks. You go get the first down. But we don't execute in a game where it's six to three where we're having trouble converting three third downs. We got to catch the ball. Now here's the big thing. It happened. I went back and watched it. I don't know if this is Olsen or this is Disley. It wasn't Hollister because they were pretty big dudes passing it to you. Whoever that is, basically, you're going to decide who gets <laughs> that that O, who wears, who wears the scarlet O. Was it Olsen? Was it Disley? One of them dropped that third down pass. We have got to execute, especially when 
Shoddy dials up a play that's just so darn perfect after loosening them up on the missed DK. Yes, that was Greg Olson that had just sat down between the linebacker and the safety and and was receiving the ball. And yeah, I, I suppose 32, you know, he's coming in from behind and kind of gets a hand in there to knock it out. But yeah, that's the type of play that you expect Greg Olson to catch, get those first downs for you. It was nice to see him back. I mean, for him to make it back, just to be in the position for you to give him the out, Clinton. I, I think that was an incredible effort by him. I thought where you were going with this was on the second and five, the the deep shot to DK. Jordan Simmons, he ends up like face down on the ground. And I don't know if it was Aaron Donald that put him there, but essentially I end up seeing Posick blocking two linemen with one on each arm and just trying to give Russell enough time to deliver that shot. And, and there's Simmons just taking a nap on the ground as <laughs> Russell releases it down the field. Well, sometimes people get tired, right? <laughs> you know, they maybe he has narcolepsy that I that I don't know about, probably undiagnosed, probably could help him there. And Brandon, one of the things that I, that I had originally on the outside of the ledger was that the interior of the line was really getting kind of uh, fooled quite a bit by stunts. There were just stunts being run kind of all day long. Right. And actually, Tim Moon pointed this out in the Seahawkers pod ring of honor out on Facebook. He was saying we're getting destroyed by stunts. Totally correct to call that out. And at the same time, I was like, well, we still got Abuehi in, who we didn't hear much of again, just didn't hear much of Abuehi, which is a, that's a good thing, right? We didn't hear much about an offensive lineman. And you, and you have number 99 right in the middle there. So when they're running stunts and they got dudes like Floyd, I just gave them a, a kind of a general pass. I was like, you know what? I hear you. And even though Simmons decided to take a little nappy poo right there, so I take a little nap, it would have been nice if Russ could step up to that throw and into that throw a bit better. Maybe he hits DK. I still like the idea that we took, we took our shots. We took our shots and Russ kind of showed some marbles throughout the day taking those shots, which I really like. So that's what we call turning an out into an in. You well, know? you know, you could turn an out into an in in several ways in this, because yes, looking back at the tape, it was Aaron Donald that just, you know, was embarrassing Simmons in, in that play. And that's going to happen when you go up against a, a guy like Aaron Donald, he's going to make you look bad more than once on the day. You just have to expect it. So yeah, I, I wouldn't expect him to end up in the out column, especially when he's filling in, backing up you potty. But I, I more give the in to Posick for being able to handle both Donald and I don't know if it's Floyd that he's dealing with, too, on the stunt. But, yeah, you got Posick handling both the guys, just giving Wilson just enough time to get that off a boy. He, you know, he was, you know, getting beat back a little bit, too. So, yeah, just not quite enough time for Russ. But uh, I, I definitely don't have any problem with taking that shot there. Well, that's how you turn out into an in. And if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. Okay, Brandon, we are back on the last in now, the last raging yang of the day on three in, three out. And this is quarter three. It's six to six. This is the play. This this is our first two ends were defense, defense. I almost went for the trifecta. I got a couple here where I could just go defense you the whole way through. You could go special teams. You could oh, go yeah. another oh, defense. Yeah. Gosh, literally, I, there's just not enough ends for this game. You literally could end when we start with with the with the Russ Wilson death punch. And I'm not talking about the Hollister play. That's a gorgeous play. Gorgeous job by Swain also. But previous in the game, the, the play that unlocks it all, it's that beautiful ball to Moore. Moore makes that 45-yard grab. I know lots of people are going to talk about that. 
And there's this debate over should Russ have thrown that or should Russ just go take the 10 yards, you know, by foot there, you know, by by sea or by air, if you will, by land or by air. What I want to give the into, and again, he doesn't get Russ doesn't get ins on three in, three out a lot because he's the guy. He's the offensive superstar. But if you remember Major League Two, I think it's Tanaka or I forget the Japanese ball player. And the whole thing is he's trying to tell Pedro Serrano, you know, you got to have some marbles, some marbles. <laughs> and he's making the, the, you know, the gesture that you got to have, you know, you got to have balls. You got to be, you got to go out there and have balls to take your shot. Man, oh man, Russ could have taken that little, you know, third and eight. He didn't. Russ put a dime where it had to be. Moore makes a beautiful play. For Russ to be death punching the air and death punching the Rams, this play had to happen before all that. This unlocked the whole game. We score 14 points after this play happens. This is for Russ having cojones, for having the marbles to throw that ball on third and eight. Moore gets a certain assist, but Russ, a rare, rare in for Russell Carrington Wilson on three and three out, but for the marbles and for the glory and for the power and for the W and for the NFC West division championship, Russ gets the in. Oh, the, the rare in for Russell Wilson. And yes, I love the, the throwback to major league two. I love that it was a play going against Darius Williams. You know, another guy who had intercepted him the previous week, who almost intercepted him on what was it? The first play of the game. Yes. And fortunately, they got away with one there. But yes, after going 0 for 3 on the deep balls in the first half, people wondering, oh, my gosh, do we have good Russell Wilson? Do we have bad Russell Wilson? And to come out on that third and eight to throw deep and connect after going 0 for 3. I love it. I love the end for Russ. You know, it, it's like we said, it's rarefied air that Russ is going to get that kind of love on three and three out. And in this case, it is so deservingly so. I feel like, uh, you you tell me, but I feel like as a rabid Seahawks fan, we kind of needed that, didn't we? Didn't we kind of just need that feeling of, oh boy, you know, our, our guy is back. And then he showed it again later with, with, the other, with the other finisher to Hollister, which of course then brought on the death punch we talked about. It just was the catalyst where, listen, I hope it's a springboard moment where we carry this into the 49ers game and we just go beat a team that we should go beat. They're a pretty good team. Well, yeah, and you talk about it being the catalyst. Going into the second half, one of the things you heard from Rams fans all through the season is the adjustments that this team makes at halftime and Mm. how little points that this defense allows in the second half. I'm going, geez, if we only scored six points, are we going to have to win this with a field goal in the second half and have this be a nine to six game? But instead of going out and kicking field goals in the second half, no, they're making touchdowns. And it was because this play, they get the one big play that helps set up this team to go after everything else later on in this game. Yeah, it was it was a big moment. And yeah, I said it after the game. If Russ doesn't make that throw, everybody is crushing him for not taking the easy yards. And so, yeah, to to go for it in that moment, knowing that he'd whiffed on the first three swings, although the Hollister one, I, I think it was just a timing issue. He maybe he didn't have to loft it so much. I don't know. We don't <laughs> need to talk about that in the first half. Let's talk about the big game. And yes, a big catch by David Moore. 
Okay, Brandon, so we are on the last out for this week's three in, three out. Of course, we have more We have more to share after this. We'll talk about that after this last out, which maybe turns into an in. We don't know already, but we always want to paint the picture. It's 13 to nine. Listen, the game ends 20 to nine. The game feels fairly lopsided when it's done. And if you go back and rewatch, it's, it's still pretty darn tight you know, throughout the game. There's only eight minutes and 47 seconds to go in the game. 13 to nine. It's a second and 10 from the Rams 24. It's a little five yard out to Reynolds, not Woods, not Cup, Reynolds. They're, they're WR3. Listen, the, good, the guy's a good NFL wide receiver. Not taking anything. You make it to that level. You're a much better athlete than I am. Congratulations. But you're not Cup and you're not Woods. And Reynolds then proceeds to beat Shaq Griffin and with a, not even like a shimmy, just a bad angle from Shaq that he takes on. It kind of over pursues to the outside, kind of Tecmo Bowl, dives back to the ankles to the inside, doesn't get him by the ankles. And Reynolds goes upfield for like 26 more yards. And I'm sitting there going, man, just like that drop on third down, Brandon, we can't miss tackle when it's a four point game with less than nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter in a game we should be we should be winning. Of course, we win the game and it all, all's well that ends well. But in that moment, Shaq played pretty damn well, but he's got to wear the O because you've got to execute on what should just be a routine tackle at that point. Yes, Shaq needs to make the tackle there on the day. That was his only missed tackle. So just one missed tackle for Shaquille Griffin. Nine missed tackles overall for the Seahawks. I'm a little bit surprised to see Jamal Adams as the team leader with three missed tackles on the day. But for for that big play given up there that he goes and and I think part of the reason why you point to this being such an issue with Shaq Clinton is because not only does Shaquille Griffin miss the tackle Quandre Diggs our free safety who had an interception early in the day misses the tackle coming up at the end after gaining 25 yards do you know who makes this tackle Clinton so I didn't know that. However, the good gentleman, Kevin Dietrich in the Seahawkers pod ring of honor, he said, here's, here's an out that turned into an in. And he says, oh, coming up in the caboose is none other than number 97, Puna Ford. And he does like a Tecmo Bowl style, you know, smash the B button. I think it's the B button launches at the ankles and finally brings Reynolds down. So the the out morphing into an in all glory to Puna Puna Ford with a beautiful tackle 26 yards downfield great job by Kevin and nice pull by you I might say because looking at this as Jared Goff makes the throw you have LJ Collier turning around to watch the catch you have KJ Wright turning around to watch the catch and KJ does a little bit of an effort type jog but you have Puna Ford doing his best DK Metcalf impression, starting at the 20-yard line, takes down Josh Reynolds from behind. He rolls him over and, and brings him fully down at the 50-yard line. Puna Ford on this play. You're not going to see it played over and over like that DK Metcalf play, but holy smokes, is it just as impressive. Well, Josh Cashman, if you're listening and we know you are, you know, do your thing. Create that meme and make, make Puna look like DK on this play because he did. Okay, Brandon, so we have marched on through the ins, through the outs, through the nooks, through the crannies already. And in, you know, we have our one rule. We know the rule. When we win, we start with an in. But 2020 needed more. We Now, at this point in the season, we just tallied our 11th win. 
our 11th win on the season. And with that, we created this brand new idea, this new concept that when the Seahawks win for the 11th time and we take the NFC West Division Championship back to the PNW, we don't just settle for three ins and three outs. No, 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 no. We tack on another in. We call it the brand in. It is all yours. I have no idea what you're going to bring to me, but I know it's going to be good. I put on the two ears, no mouths. I shut up for once and I listen in to the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Hit me with your brand in. Well, I had no idea that you were going to throw a superstar into your in section. So I was saving another superstar for my brand in this week because my in is going to DK Metcalf. And... We talk about soul taking. We also talked a little soul sacrificing. And for DK Metcalf, and this isn't the the in that I want to focus in on, but I, I I wanted to give him recognition because he sacrificed a bit of his soul going over the middle on third down and and coming up with that first down that set up that touchdown pass to Jacob Hollister. But I want to go back a little bit earlier in the fourth quarter before the stupid ticky tack call for the illegal shift. It was on the previous set of downs. It was third and 10. Metcalf is lined up a couple yards off of the right tackle, Cedric Abwehi. And the Rams, one of the things that they had been doing is had been lining out their defensive ends out really wide, especially in the first half. But here they did it again. They had Leonard Floyd lined up right over the top of DK Metcalf. And one of the things that Metcalf does, it go back Watch, this is the cranny on the play. Go back and watch DK Metcalf. He comes off of the line on that play. And first, he gives a little shove to Floyd just to redirect him to the outside. It gives Abwehi enough time to see that Carlos Hyde is picking up the blitzing linebacker. So then he can take on the rush from Floyd on the outside. Russ has enough time to drop back, give a quick little three-yard dump off to Metcalf, who had... He's doing multiple things in here. He's he's the guy in the kitchen. He's, he's, he's post-sicking. Doing... He's post-sicking. He's post-sicking, as we talked about <laughs> yeah, earlier, right? Yeah, he's post-sicking. He's, he pushes off Floyd. He knows that he still has to deal with Ramsey. He cuts inside, catches the, the nice little three-yard pass from Russ. And what does he do? He turns upfield with Ramsey on him, and he's still able to make the first down, getting seven yards after the catch, getting the first down. I just loved all the different things that Metcalf was doing in that moment. And on top of it, able to move the chains, get the first down. And it's a drive that should have continued, if not for the the slight little mental mistake on third down by him that uh, unfortunately takes away a first down by Carson. But an in goes to DK Metcalf. But Brandon, he had a really bad three-cone shuffle time. (laughs) So So he can't play. He he only runs one route. He doesn't. He's not a complete wide receiver, yeah. right? Yeah, so he can't he, help chip defensive ends that are first round picks, uh, and then take on you know another first round pick and Jalen Ramsey. No, he's he's a bottom of the second round wide receiver. Yeah, that, that that's where he belongs. And 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 the no, I am kidding, of course. It's a great job because I love. I love the fact that it is it's so it's so deliciously, you know, subtle about the, the little the little push that he gets on Floyd and Floyd had a day. Floyd had two sacks. Yeah. You know, Aaron Donald, of course, gets all the glory and rightfully so. We're talking about probably the best defensive tackle ever, probably ever to play the game of football, certainly in the last 10 years you know, generational talent, but Floyd's a good player, man. Floyd is a very talented dude. So to pick up on the subtle cranny, to pick up on that, and then 
catches the ball. He's got dudes. He drags dudes across, gets the first down. And, and again, we don't care so much on three and three out that that drive didn't end the way it was supposed to drive. It's the moments that matter. Appreciate you picking that up. And I love that, Brandon. Well done. Okay, that brings us right over to the NBC. 2020 was was so weird that we couldn't just stop with, with the brand in when we win the extra fourth in. No, no, no. We had to do one more. We had to bring in the new concept of the MVC, the most valuable cranny. It's a little award. It's, it's a physical, real thing that really exists on Earth. And we send it to the VMAC every single week. It gets into the players' locker rooms. You probably haven't seen it yet, but keep looking for it. Look up on the shelves. The MVC is this is the most valuable cranny. I alluded to it earlier, so I'll just come out right out and say it. It's for me, it's once again going to Benson Mayoa. Benson's gotta own that. He's gonna own that. He's gonna love it. Crashing down, beating his dude, blowing up another tackle for a loss. I just love what we get when we bring in Dunlap on the other side and we get a healthy Mayoa and we have a great interior line with Puna and Reed. Brandon, this is a good defensive line. It is a good defensive line. Mayo is part of it. They got the rotation. And Mayo, in addition to getting the MVC, now that we know, uh, he was the second highest graded player by PFF on the day. He also had six total pressures, which was tied for the team lead. So you had Jaron Reed out there. He had six pressures. It turned into two sacks. Mayo doesn't get a sack, but he does get that TFL. Carlos Dunlap in there with six pressures as well. And then you got Alden Robinson even, you know, filling oh, yeah. in only 18 snaps on the day, but getting three pressures. He had one sack. I talked about that sack in the post game show with John Morgan. And yeah, and then Puna Ford. So, hey, you got all these guys on the defensive line. They're making a difference. And when you have a day where you just you have so much pressure on Jared Goff, PFF accounted 32 pressures on the day for Seattle. When you have that much pressure, when you're able to get Jared Goff off his game, you got to give the award to one of those guys on defense and nice to see it going to Ben Mayoa. Could not agree more. You bring up Alton with his fourth sack and, and that he's playing out of his mind. He, he also blew up a little interior sweep earlier in the game as well. Reed Reed with two more sacks, like, Hey, don't look now. But Reed is having pretty much his 2018 season. Once we got a, Guy like Dunlap in. Okay, Clark wasn't there last year. All right, so what? Reed is not the number one guy. Cool. He's a defensive tackle who routinely blows up uh, run plays. And oh, by the way, he's going to get like eight to 10 sacks when he has other dudes out there who are the number one guy. Is he worth 11 and a half million per year? You're damn straight he is. So for all the haters, I think what we're really concluding here is that John Schneider really ought to win GM of the year, shouldn't he? Absolutely. It's about time, Clinton. And yeah, when you talk about the the number of sacks that this team has since Dunlap has come to the team, he has seven sacks for the Seahawks. You got Jaron Reed, who's sitting at nine sacks. You know, he he's one away from getting double digits. You have Jamal Adams with nine and a half sacks. He's about to go to double digits. He could do it this next game coming up against San Francisco. You're going to have these guys going for 10 plus sacks coming up next game, and they're going to need it to beat the 49ers. You know what? We go at them. We take down CJ, the Reej, Bethard, and we go get that last W so we get to 12 and four. But before we get there, before we, before we close this out, we got one more pit stop we got to make. 
it's the most important pit stop. In fact, it it re, it refuels us as we head into the week so that we can get fired up again. It's from the flock section. So, Brandon, why don't we tell the good people of Earth, all the listeners out there, how can they get involved? What is from the flock? What can they do to be part of this show? If you want to get in the flock, you can go to getintheflock.com. If you want to be more of a part of this community, you can go there, help support the show. $3 and up, it gets you into the Discord channel every week where we're talking about the game. During the game, there's a place where you can put your ins and your outs specifically there for Clinton Bonner for him to harvest from. There's also our Facebook group at $12 and above. If you support the show at getintheflock.com, you can get in there every single day. We're talking Seahawks pointing out news, commenting on the different things going on with the Seahawks. And you can do all that. Get in the flock.com or you know what? You can go the snail mail route and send them to at Clinton bond on Twitter. Use the hashtag three I three O and you can get your tweets read on the show that way. I love that. Twitter is now snail mail. We've really come full circle in 2020. I love it. And we go right to the snail mail section, starting with tuna mania at tuna underscore geezer. And it is an in for Michael Dixon and his sideline killer punts inside the 20 or 15 or 10 without the option to return a yard. He adds Michael Dixon, says he deserves all pro FYI at Clinton Bond. Yeah, I like the FYI for me. What I also love is that Tuna Media, I, this guy's brand new. I, I love the fact that we got brand new people, brand new listeners coming to it and we didn't talk much about Dixon, but you know what? Tuna Mania is spot on here. Yeah, he might not be a pro bowler, but I bet you he might be all pro. I think even Aikman said that, which, well, that's saying something. Hey, Aikman said something we agree with? What? <laughs> yeah, it, it does happen every now and again. Okay, Brandon, I'll let you be the Grinch here. You had the first out we'll go to. You go by Golden Hawk in the Discord. You were saying KJ getting dominated. There was a particular drive where... The Rams started to run the ball pretty well. And we talked about him earlier. We talked about the months, right? We talked about the months earlier. And you were calling out, hey, KJ's getting washed in this drive. What, what were you seeing? Yeah, and it was the drive that ended in the four-down goal line stand. And so I was having a hard time even being excited about Adams coming from behind to make that tackle because it was KJ Wright on the edge on that play that was just getting manhandled by Munt that he wasn't there able to set the edge that allowed that play to get to the outside. And Adams, just the, the fact that he was there to come in pursuit to help clean that up. It was such a big play by him, but it was because of KJ and going up against number 82. They had, they had run that same play against that side multiple times, picked up big yardage. So I'm turning my out into an in and giving it to Jamal Adams. Well, you know, we'll just we'll continue on with the with the true tradition of three in, three out. We had Jeremy Green in the Seahawkers pod ring of honor. He said in KJ Wright taking away Tyler Higby's man card and shoving him into Henderson on that goal line stand. So, you know, like, yeah, he, he was getting washed out. But then on fourth down, yes. matter most who was there, it's KJ. So it's a nice and that's they put a Higby nice... on him instead of Munt. And that's what allowed him to help make that play, push Higby into the backfield. It allowed Jordan Brooks to get there on that fourth down and make the play. So, yes, I, I was really happy a couple plays after giving K.J. Wright the out on that drive. It was K.J. Wright, as Jeremy Green says, getting the in for blowing Higby into the backfield. And I'm going to keep this going with Biscuit in the Discord. She says in. The game was not decided on the final play of the game. I love that so much against the Rams. 
to get the division title. See, this gets picking up on the Russ death punch too. Yes, they got yes. the throw to Jacob Hollister. They get up eleven points, and so you're not just you know waiting for the defense to make a play at the end or hoping the offense could go down and make one final score. No, this was locked up with the touchdown to Jacob Hollister. Lovely, lovely to see. It was a lovely ball to Hollister. And as I said on Twitter, also a dagger. Speaking of Twitter, we got Schmick at Mickey Swank. He's a fan favorite of ours on three and three out. He says in, he's hearkening the same vibes here, winning the NFC West while simultaneously beating the Rams. He gives a woo, which I'm going to say like that. We all, we're all wooing in this game. Yes. Josh Shoemaker comes in through the Facebook Ring of Honor, giving the end to Alton Robinson in his fourth sack of the game. Like Josh says, this dude is legit. He needs to be on the field more. I mentioned his snap count earlier. Yes, we need more Alton Robinson. Yeah, it's, hey, it's, a, it's a good thing. The, the dude is the dude's producing. You love to see that. Speaking of producing, going right back to Schmick, he goes in to having at least one safety who can catch INT's interceptions. He's calling out the Diggs interception. He's also throwing a little bit of shade at Adams who, you know, regrettably he dropped another fairly would have been nice, but it fairly easy freaking INT. Although Adams was all over the place and played so freaking well. So I'm not mad at Adams with his nine and a half sacks, but I am happy with Diggs. I would like to see an interception. I'm just I saying, like, Jamal, we'd like to see it. I kind of feel like in a in getting Mama Cleo's sexy deep balls out real quick. I kind of feel that we're going to get one in the postseason. Ooh. I feel like we're going to get a little sticky fingers. Jamal Adams in the postseason. He's going to come up with one and we are going to rejoice. I, I love the Mama Cleo notion there. I'm moving on to Nils H on Twitter. Someone I don't think we've seen here before. At N. Hirton says immediately out. Quote. Runner gave himself up, unquote. Mm. And I know right where Nils is going with this one because it was when Josh Reynolds caught the ball over the middle and he just finishes coming out of his, his role as he's making the catch. And he just gets up and decides to put a little gift on the ground for Bobby Wagner. Wagner says, okay, if you're going to just fumble the ball and put it on the ground, I'm going to pick it up. And we have the officials covering up for that bonehead move by Reynolds saying that he quote unquote gave himself up. No, he didn't. No, no, he, he didn't because he did. Here's the thing. Like we all understand that Reynolds intended, right? Let's to, to, uh, you know, say, okay, I want to get back to the line and, and get the next play going. So yeah, he, but he didn't, he didn't do the actions, which mean you gave yourself up, giving yourself up, you know, curl into a fetal position, go down on just when he sprung back up, stay down in one knee, make it evident to the refs that you are giving yourself up. No, he spun up and it looked like he was going to run with the ball, but he decided to run without the ball. It was a it was a terrible, terrible job by the refs to huddle and then decide his intent for us. So that, that I could not stand that. Luckily, didn't change much. We win the game going away anyway, but I'm with you. That it is, was that a is mental absolute. mistake by Correct. him in that moment, it would be like saying that when DK Metcalf had the ball swatted out of his hands as he was running to the end zone to say, well, DK intended to hold on to the football and score that touchdown. So we're going to call it a touchdown. Yeah. He meant to hold on, but he, but, but he didn't. Right. So uh, I'm some with you and we're moving on. We're going to Schultz and giggles with the end, not having to root for Arizona next week. Uh, I guess that's right. And what's, I don't even know the math there. It's a, uh, well, Wait, you know, me... we can still 
root a little bit for Arizona. If, if you right. are of the mind of wanting the Rams to miss the playoffs entirely, if your sports hatred for the Rams is that high, then you can root for the Cardinals to beat the Rams. You can root for the Bears to beat the Packers, which I think we want that to happen anyway. Sure. And if that happens, then the Rams are out of the playoffs. You know, it's one of those things where who would you rather have out? Would you rather have that defense out of the playoffs or would you rather have Murray out of the playoffs? Now, if the Rams don't even have Goff because he looks like he probably broke his thumb, I, I haven't seen anything else yet today. I don't know that dude's able to play a game in two weeks from now. Um, I don't know, like a, a a team without an NFL team without their starting quarterback is probably the lesser of two opponents. I don't know. Even with I, that, even with that, I, we, I, we we played a team without their starting quarterback a couple of weeks ago, and that didn't turn out well. So I don't think I can root for that. It's a true fact, and I don't want to remember that, Brandon. Good. Well, then we'll move on. I'll go to Dave Bloomquist in our Facebook Ring of Honor group. He says super cranny for Pete. He says my nemesis. Maybe it was senility, but I'll give the benefit. Turning down the five-yard penalty for a 12-yard gain to make it second and three was great. One Carson bull run later. We have a first anyway. 13 yards further up the field. Crucial yards in a defensive battle. Genius or blind squirrel? Either way, I'm giving the cranny. So yes, this comes on the penalty on, I think it was DK that had the catch over the middle. Picks up 12 yards. There was a penalty on the play. It would have just been a five-yard. I think it was a legal contact to where it would have moved the ball five yards, but it would have kept the first down. Pete opts for the extra yardage, and you're saying, well, would you rather have the fresh set of downs, or would you rather have second and three? Pete says, I'd rather have second and three. This is one of those coaching things that you could probably go either way, but I like Dave recognizing that Pete gets the end for the decision. Yeah, I, and at first I was like, wait, because we talked about it earlier. First downs were like at a premium in that first half. We were having we were having a hard time converting. So at my first reaction was, no, no, take the fresh set of downs. Always, always do that. Nope, Pete saw it differently. He's like, nope, I want those yards. And the nice part was when we get to that second and three, you just feed the beast and he just rumbles right up there. And it's like, damn, that was that was the right call. So love that Pete saw it that way. And, and a great job by Bloomy calling that out. Another good job out on Twitter by Derek Williamson at Derek W0. He says, yes, second half Russ, greater than first half Russ. And you know what? Stats don't lie. Scoreboard don't lie. We put up 14. He gets the, he gets the rushing touchdown, which, which was fantastic. He gets the dagger to Hollister, which was beautiful. We get the death punch we talked about earlier. Derek, good job calling that out. Second half Russ was balling. Into Myers and Dixon from Beast Mode 24 in the Discord. That's Christopher. Says they were a big part of that victory. They should be in the Pro Bowl. Well said there, Christopher. Christopher harkens all the way. Harkens? Is that is that the right word? He's harkening. I think he's harkening. He's harkening. He's harkening all the way from Germany. Gotta love that. Gotta love the global hawkra that everybody coming together. I don't know where Dylan's from, but Dylan Mitchell at Dylan Taze. He says, in Freddie, talk about the Swain train. Freddie with the perfectly run pick route. He's talking about that touchdown to Hollister. That was a beautiful little rub. One of those legal picks. It frees Hollister. The beautiful floater by Russ right on time. The catch, the money, the touchdown, the death punch. Dylan, good job. Funny thing to go back to uh, the German for Harkin is uh, to rake. It's the, it's the verb for raking. So um, huh. I don't know why I brought that up. It's not really important. Kenneth Reyes. His ins and outs are much more important. And he starts with when we win the division, we start with two ins. And so his second in was for the wide receiver group. 
making key catches late in the game to keep drives alive. And, and DK Metcalf was a big part of that. Uh, but we also, I mean, David Moore goes into that with his third down big catch from Russell Wilson. So yeah, love calling out the wide receiver group. And and real quick, we got to give some love. Remember the one where Tyler Lockett kind of escapes to the sideline. That mm. was pretty late in the game as well. Tyler had, you know, pretty much didn't, did not have a big game. However, Late in the game, there was a couple of plays, I think, in a row where I was like, all right, it's the Tyler drive, and Tyler showed up. So it was a nice cumulative effort. I'm going to harken back real quick and say that maybe Brigitte might might be, you know. <laughs> Brigitte uh, is the German Brigitte. pronunciation. Come on. Biscuit might be concerned about your German pronunciation. Those, that's for the deep fans. You, you would get that. Speaking of a deep fan, we got right hand Dan in the Discord. He goes in, out coaching McVeigh, in that fourth down stop. I want to go back to out coaching McVeigh. McVeigh has been the dude who's like, he's the super smart one. He's the young gun, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in this game, the young gun got out coached by the old KG veteran Pete the Pete Carroll. Christopher coming back in on the Discord. This one, I, I could not go without mentioning this one. And out to Neil for the most stupid and unnecessary roughing the kicker penalty that kept the Rams drive alive. If they end up scoring on that drive, if they don't get the interception from Quandre Diggs, then I think we really look at that out a lot. That out probably makes it within the official outs for for sure. Although maybe it's not a cranny. Maybe it's just everybody's talking about how Ryan Neal's the goat after roughing the kicker in that moment. And so, yeah, a worthy call out from Christopher. It is a worthy call out. And, and we, we talked about it a bit earlier. It's like, there weren't that many times in the game where the Seahawks were looking, you know, looking not so hot, but they did themselves a disservice a couple of times with some stupid stuff that kept their defense back on the field. And those are the kind of drives where you saw Henderson getting a gash play or Brown getting, you know, getting a, a pretty big gain. When they were fresh, our run defense was great. When we were leaving our defense out to dry and, and not you know, not getting off the field on third down or worse yet, making a bad mistake on, on that play by Neil. Well, then we looked softer because we were gassed. So we got fortunate with the stupid pass by Goff, but that hurt our team for a little bit there. So great call out there, Christopher. Moving on to Tori on Twitter at Oz the Great 08. He gives an out to the officiating. We, we covered that Reynolds play, but he gives the in to David Moore. I'm not sure how this dude always makes the big plays when it matters most, but I love it. Hashtag Josh Gordon, who? Yeah, well, you know, a little, little, that's a little harsh, a little harsh on Josh there. Hopefully he can bounce back. However, however, great to see another new face. I had not seen Tory Oz, the great, if you will, uh, out, out there yet, but he's coming in with this, which is great to see so many new faces. And yeah, listen, David Moore's been that, that he is that if there is like a, a photo of like the yin and yang player who's on it very, very often, it is David Moore. This, this week, it is absolutely the raging yang, big in, great, great catch. And again, the catalyst for hopefully the rest of the season. I would like Clinton that MVC trophy, that trophy that we have players. Well, you know, it's already a physical thing, right? So it's already there. Correct. But I, I guess I envision it being in the form of a raging yang. So what you're saying is we need a we need a slight redesign in in the off season. We'll we'll tackle that in you know come March or something like that after after we, we after we wind down this season. But good call. Like why not? Why not some some flaming raging Yang as the design effort? We know we got some designers out there. So anybody in the flock who wants to uh, you know put some pen to paper or pencil to uh, to graphite there, do your thing. Let's see what's up. Speaking of doing the thing, we got Dan Dan underscore TG ninety six. He goes in. 
only two touchdowns allowed in the past three games? That's pretty nice. That's how you win ball games in December. Hong Kong Hawk in the Discord with the in. And I see what he's getting at here. He says, in, rest those starters. You have the division locked up. So I, I think that's why Bloomy is going with this in here. He says, don't let anyone get injured versus the Glendale 49ers next week at the Indian burial ground. And Bloomy, I couldn't disagree with you more on, on this particular in. You got to keep yeah. it going. You got to treat every single one of these games like a playoff game. You don't know what can happen in the Bears-Packers game. You don't know what could happen in that Saints-Carolina game. So you have to play as though you could potentially lock up the number one seed next week. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. So, you know, Bloomy and I often see eye to eye on this one. We we just don't. And that's OK. That's OK. Right. We could we could we could agree to disagree on this one. And the I guess the important thing is we know what Pete's going to do. Pete's not resting his dudes. And even if he tried to, Russ would be like, dude, I'm playing. So get, get out, get out the way. Uh, so, Bloomy, we love you and all. But why don't you sit a few plays out? What do you say? Moving on to Skybox Shotty's hobo hat in the run defense in the first half. Certainly was another in DK, decaf Metcalf fan club. I mess that name up every single week, but then I just like to say it's Lisa from Seattle. She goes in defensive performance, stopping two touchdowns in the goal line. What a time to be alive! So why not? Huzzah! An in from Russell Wilson's sexy deep balls. I think this is Michael in San Diego. It says an in to Jared Goff for being a giant. For sliding three yards shy of a critical first down to avoid any contact in a critical game for your team. Yes, Goff, he had the opportunity to take on Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. And no, he decides to slide. The Rams have to punt. And yeah, I, I think it goes back to Mayo being in his face earlier that he he decided to take the slide in that key moment. Yeah, he made a business decision and, you know, maybe maybe for his health, a smart one, but for his team and, and for the uh, the seven or six fans that are actually fans, a bad one, but never a bad one. John Ryan's face. We talk about this. That's his that's his moniker in the discord. I love when John Ryan's face puts other human body parts into his ins and outs. He goes in Disley's butt block on Wilson's touchdown. So we had the Bertha butt boogie Disley Uncle Will. Shaking what his mama gave him, put it out there, a little butt block, way better than a butt fumble. Russ goes in for six and we go on for the W. John Ryan's face with the out third and long stops. And man, oh man, for the Rams on one of their first scoring drives, they must have picked up three or four third and longs on that particular drive. John Ryan's face picking up on that. Skybox shoddy's hobo hat. You know you're a listener when your Discord name is Skybox Shotty's Hobo Hat. Great job there. He goes in, hitting the catfish out of Jared Goff. And we talked about it, but that pressure was persistent. That pressure was consistent. It was nice. And Dave Bloomquist coming out of the penalty box to come in and close with the in, winning our first cap and shirt game in four years. The Seahawks NFC West Division Champions. 
Very, very nice. He even, he even clipped out the beautiful new shirt they've put out there. So he shows the visual. Great job. Did that in the Seahawkers pod ring of honor. Dave's hitting us up on Twitter. Dave's in the discord. Dave's, Dave's in the, you know, Facebook ring of honor. He's, he's not getting, even when he goes to the sin bin for two minutes for saying something dumb, he's right back here to close it out because you know what? A closer could give up a single. Maybe a guy gets the third base, but when it comes time to shut the game down, there's nobody like Hong Kong Hawk doing his thing, closing out from the flock. So let's go to Glendale. Let's go get that apropos, that 12th victory of the year. Let the chips fall where they may. We can't control what others do. You know, let's go Panthers. Let's go Bears. Why not us? Why not Russ? Let's go get that 12th win and get ready for a playoff run. Brandon, this team is playing well. It's kind of like the Benjamin Button. We reversed ourselves. There was like a, t- a whole time thing going on. We had the best offense in the league. Now we got a surging defense. We're meeting in the middle with a really strong football team. And maybe, just maybe, we got a special run in us. And with that, it's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. but I know it's going to be good. I put on the two ears, no mouths. I shut up for once. Oops. Oops. <laughs>